1: Yes report. The
0: CV report. Give us one word to describe what you're going
2: through right now. Sucky. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I know it's just a Nissan Frontier, but in my mind, <laughs> this thing's an M1A tank.
2: Honey, right. take the wheel. I'm going to stick my head out of the sunroof.
0: Look, any self-respecting veteran should grow a beard and have a belly.
3: That's the dumbest thing I've heard all day. Like, if
2: we're going to start getting angry now, it's, it's a little late.
1: Is live in D.C. with the update on all of this. Good morning, maybe. I guess not. The C.V.
2: Report.
0: Welcome to the C.V. Report. I'm your host, Navy veteran, Phil Briggs. And as always, this podcast is powered by EntercomsConnectingVets.com. The military veteran lifestyle website featuring the news that vets can use. We've got a good episode for you today, including an Army veteran that wrote the book on war. You'll be surprised by the observations of this experienced former Army officer.
1: I have lost a lot of friends the last 15 years in Iraq and Afghanistan. I've seen the U.S. blow trillions of dollars in places that don't care, just money down the drain.
0: And the reasons behind why the mighty U.S. military has trouble crushing forces like ISIS.
1: Our combat overmatches is ridiculous that's not where the problem lies. that's our strength our weakness is at the strategic level
0: and of course it's the week with arguably the biggest football game in the world a championship we can't say by name because of the league but we all refer to now as the big game well it hasn't even started yet and already there's a controversy
2: still feels weird saying la rams
0: National affairs reporter Matt Singh will join us and tell us about why the medicine some veterans feel they need is being blocked from advertising during the game.
2: This really is
0: an injustice. But first, let's take a look at some news. And here with our headlines are paramilitary matters, are news that matters to veterans is our very own Libby Howe from ConnectingVets.com. How are you? Good. How are you, Phil? I am good. I am good. And I'm eager to hear about the headlines you brought us in three distinct categories today. Uh, The bad, the good, and the bout time. So let's jump into them.
3: So first up we had a study came out from CNN. The suicide rate among active-duty Marines is at a 10-year high. Mm. So the number of confirmed and suspected suicides, active-duty Marine Corps reached 10-year high in 2018 with 57 cases, According to a Marine Corps data study that was obtained by CNN, many of the cases are young Marines who have not deployed overseas and haven't been in combat, which is a situation that's been seen across other branches of the military as well. So there wasn't a lot more data in the CNN article, but Matt saint is currently digging into it and trying to see if we can get a few more answers about why the Marine Corps, why this specific demographic of the Marine Corps, and see if we can get some more answers.
0: So just to reiterate, that is not Marine Corps veterans or those that had seen some hard action. That is current active duty Marines and an uptick in suicide rates among them.
3: Right. It's active duty and not all of them, but many of them, it says, are cases of Marines who have not deployed overseas and have not seen combat.
0: Mm. Well, anytime we hear the term suicide, it goes without say that our antenna goes up and we pay very close attention to it. And I know we'll be paying very close attention to this as it relates to the active duty side of the Marine Corps.
3: Kind of a little bit of a brighter story this morning. There was a call for attendance at the funeral of Air Force veteran Joseph Walker. Out of Central Texas State Veterans Cemeteries, they invited the public to attend the funeral of an unaccompanied Air Force veteran. The Facebook post got 413 shares. There were a 100-something comments about people committing to attend or people saying that they lived in a different state but wishing him well, including organizations like Wind Therapy Freedom Riders and the American Legion. And this is part of a national effort to ensure that no veteran is buried alone. And I think that it's it's helpful that social media is so prevalent because it is so easy for these cemeteries to kind of announce when there's going to be a cemetery or a funeral for a veteran who doesn't have any identified family.
0: And finally, we find a good use of social media. <laughs> Glad to hear.
3: Then this one is the the bout time as you described it and it has been a long time coming from what the article says. Oh, but wait, where,
0: wait, I've got some music for that. <music> Do you even know who this is?
3: Yes not that young and you're not that old
0: you're pretty old i am pretty old but i just (laughs) want to make sure you knew this is in fact the boss the american music legend bruce springsteen and this should be the soundtrack to this story here we go continue
3: So, athletic footwear is to be made subject to the Barry Amendment, which I didn't know what that was, but that requires the Defense Department to give preference to homegrown products for military contracts. So, most military gear, including helmets, boots, and fatigues, have been compliant with this amendment and they're sourced from United States companies. So, now sneakers are going to be compliant with that amendment as well. At New Balance, production of the initial round of 92,000 sneakers is underway at the largest of three new balance factories in Maine and the order could be expanded to 248,000.
0: That is great news. About time, as I'd said. Yes, about damn time. We get uh some American-made shoes on our feet. When you first said that, I was like, is there a sneaker that's not made in China or uh, Sri Lanka or Korea or Wherever they make Nikes. Uh, That's amazing. I had no idea New Balance had a factory, and they were making them here domestically. Good. Kind of think of what other shoes we should be issuing to our military. Like, what other shoes are made in America? What other sneakers, specifically?
3: I don't know about athletic sneakers, but...
0: Well, I'm just thinking any sneakers. They could all make a version for the military. Oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, dude, what about Vans? No. Yes! When I think American footwear, I think Vans it's a way of life no hobby it's a way of looking at that wave and saying hey bud (laughs) let's party (laughs) no those are the total most american shoe made bro
3: that is not what about like cowboy boots or i guess those aren't if we're talking specifically sneakers, chuck (laughs) taylor's you mentioned chuck taylor's those are pretty american aren't they oh chuck taylor's yeah chucks are they i don't know if they actually are you should
0: get your choice between new balance chucks for checker vans, bro.
3: Yeah, and then we're going to have an epidemic of foot injuries in the military because those have no arch support, but <laughs> that doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> Who do, we have yet to see what the combat chucks would look like, you know? Who knows, man.
3: That's true. I can I can see it now.
0: All right, well, I'm glad you shared those stories with us. For more, check out connectingvets.com and in the meantime, keep your American feet on the ground.
3: It's not your feet on the ground, it would be your shoes, unless you're running around barefoot, which is kind of the American way.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Libby.
3: Yep. Austin would have dozens to hundreds of seizures every single day. None of the prescriptions would work. One pill almost killed our son.
1: I've had three back surgeries,
0: and I was on opioids for 15 years. It was a very dark, very depressive time in my life. After my injury, I felt like I couldn't live with the pain, but I couldn't live with this treatment long term. It was unbearable.
3: I don't have
1: to live like that anymore.
3: Medical cannabis saved Austin's life.
1: Cannabis has given me my life back.
3: There are families in other states having to watch their children die.
0: I want to see my brothers and sisters who sacrificed so much for this country have access to the safest treatment possible. This really is
2: an injustice.
1: It's not just unfair. It's cruel.
0: And that right there was the sound of a rejected Super Bowl commercial. CBS turned down a Super Bowl commercial advocating for medical marijuana. Featuring an Army veteran who lost his leg in combat. And here to talk about the ad we just heard is our national affairs correspondent, connectingvets.com's very own Matt Saintsing. How's it going? Good, man. Uh, again, we find ourselves on the cannabis beat. And yep. I'm glad you've done a lot of reporting over this because you're able to kind of put this in context uh, for what it is. And then we can look forward. First, let's start with what it is.
2: So, Super Bowl is coming up here uh, very soon, where the Los Angeles Rams are going to be taking on the New England Patriots. Still feels weird saying LA Rams. I must say, I grew up with them being St. Louis. <laughs> right. I'm just of, of that generation. But, you know, Super Bowl commercials, you know, even if you don't like football, you look forward to the Super Bowl commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah. It gets a lot of eyeballs, and ad space is sold incredibly high fees, as you yeah, yeah, would yeah. expect, right? A company called Acreage Holdings, which bills itself as a marijuana investment firm. They wanted to make this uh, commercial advocating for medical marijuana. And last week, their CEO, uh, George Allen, and their their president, excuse me, not their CEO, their president, George Allen, said that the ad was pulled by CBS. They're not going to air it during the Super Bowl because it has to do with medical marijuana.
0: Isn't that kind of ridiculous? And, I mean, I understand where CBS comes from. I mean, they caught a lot of flack for Janet Jackson's nipple. I mean, considering we're still talking about the thing I barely saw over a decade ago. And I understand how...
2: If you don't know football, you know that as well. The the wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I understand how even the halftime talent, you know, they try to shear away from anything controversial, and they don't want to offend anybody because it's got such a broad-based audience. But this is, you know, for every single... Minute worth of medical commercials we see any given week for anything from ed medication to blood pressure medication
2: beer I mean, commercials in the super bowl or like peas and carrots they go together yeah. right alcohol commercials yeah
0: so we're allowed to have all Junk that food
2: doritos right pepsi sugar water give, giving people diabetes sorry pepsi cola any well, hey, any, any kind right. of soda soft drink yeah, yeah no
0: but i mean we're allowed to have all that yep and throughout the year, allowed to have medical commercials of every kind take up literally hours of our TV consumption over the course of a week. And yet this is too hot. This and it's is
2: deep. a bridge too far. And it, I think it 100% has to do with marijuana. It is still a legal Schedule One substance as far as the federal government is concerned. And if you're CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System... You are concerned with breaking FCC laws, right? If you're shooting out weed commercials all over 50 states, crossing borders, they're taking the easy way out. CBS is saying, look, we get it because it's illegal. We just absolutely cannot have this, you know. Be, you think you know, that's it because I, I,
0: of the national I, reach yes, to every yes. television set in states that don't already have this?
2: I think it has to do with the fact that marijuana is still Illegal, as far as the federal government is concerned, and the CBS is a national company, and they do not. I, I really think it is resting on that. If if it was if it was legal, if it was fine, they'd be like, yeah, sure, you, you going to pay the crazy money it costs for a Super Bowl commercial for a minute? It's, it's got to be insane, million. right? Our laws have yet to catch up with the culture.
0: Yeah, makes makes perfect sense, and because their laws, uh, they're even willing to turn and walk away from three three plus million dollars. All right, now let's look at another part of this commercial. And uh, the people starring in it, uh, we had kind of a montage there. It was a woman and her son. None of the prescriptions would work. One pill almost killed our son. Who was battling epilepsy or some disease. Uh, There was a gentleman in there who had had some back surgery. And
2: I was on opioids for 15 years.
0: And then there was... Relying on opioids. Yeah, yeah. And And then there was an army veteran, I believe.
2: Ryan Miller. Uh, from Oakland California and we know he lost his leg in, in combat and uh just the, the quote the pull out of it is after my injury I felt like I couldn't live with with the pain but I couldn't live with this treatment long term it was it was unbearable mm-hmm. if the commercials advocating for medical marijuana he's saying look like medical marijuana helped me deal with the pain of getting your leg blown off in a faraway land yeah you know um and he also he calls it an injustice later on he says he wants to see his brothers and sisters who have sacrificed so much of to- for this country, have access to the safest treatment possible. This really is an injustice. And, you know, we all know the stories of people going to the VA and getting opioids prescribed like their candy in recent years. The the, the VA has tampered down... On that uh, more recently, so give credit when credit's due, but it has an overarching problem, yeah. you know, over the past decade and a half, right?
0: You and I have met warfighters yeah. who, at the same time, were given serotonin uptake inhibitors and benzodiazepines, which a are a big
2: no no. And I know that, and I, yeah. Yeah.
0: Contradicting doctor, medications, yeah. which forced suicidal ideations, or at least empirically, there's right, evidence right. that these guys <laughs> were just at their wits' end after being on what's called the combat cocktail. Marijuana is an alternative to that. Uh, cannabinoids or CBD oil or 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 variations of weed show some serious promise at alleviating those those tragic symptoms from war. It's a cry and shame in my humble opinion that you know they push back on this and hide behind
2: a stupid, outdated law. I mean, it's it runs parallel to what we're seeing in the banking industry right now, where, you know, everyone in this country, one of the very few things they tell you about the banking system in America is students is that if you have one hundred thousand dollars in the bank, FDIC will insure it if you lose it. Right. If you're a marijuana company in Colorado, California, Oregon, Washington, here in the District of Columbia, Massachusetts, Michigan, any of the other states that are experimenting with legalization or various levels of recreational and medical marijuana you cut out of the banking system and the banking system is saying the like, big banks are saying, look, we don't want to take on the risk because if the money goes, then it doesn't you cannot insure it. It all comes down to a dumb law that was written in the 1970s and the people who wrote it aren't even around anymore. And we need to have another debate in this country. And oh, by the way, this country has already decided. Veterans have decided. Uh, and you got one of them, Ryan Miller, advocating not only for himself, but for his brothers and sisters in arms.
0: Hmm. Well, it's an interesting angle, it's an unfortunate outcome, and I know you're going to keep us posted on the legislation that is pending, and real quick, bring me up to speed on where that was, we talked about it last week. It was just, uh, just
2: reintroduced in both the Senate and the House, the VA Medicinal acts. Uh, excuse me, the VA medicinal research act of 2019. Now um, it is, it remains to be the only piece of marijuana reform legislation that has ever made its way out of committee. Uh, it was cleared by the house Veterans affairs committee in the last Congress last year with the new Congress, basically you had have, you have to start from scratch. Yeah. Both have been introduced in both the Senate and the house now as of last week. Um, and hopefully they can get out of committee again and maybe schedule the house floor for a vote or maybe it can go one step further you know we'll see right Yeah. all right
0: well we're gonna get another run at it and uh hopefully there's some light at the end of this tunnel. green lights
2: at the end of the tunnel
0: big old green light <laughs> but um matt saints and connecting vets.com always good bro thanks a lot and now for our last segment which is really teasing forward an upcoming episode of the podcast vet story but i was lucky enough recently to talk to army veteran sean McFate about his new book, The New Rules of War, Victory in the Age of Durable Disorder. Now, an excerpt from the foreword of the book sounds like this. War is changing, and it is moving beyond conventional and developing... War is changing. It's moving beyond the conventional and developing into something more pernicious, that few know how to defeat. War shapes global politics, economies, and humanity. The stakes are high. Durable disorder is on our horizon and we are dangerously unprepared just check out some of the quotes that I pulled from our upcoming interview with Sean McFaith the army veteran and author of the new rules of war well forget what you know about wars wars of the future will look nothing like the past here to talk about the new rules of war is the author Sean McFaith Sean welcome
1: thank you it's great to be here You know, I I wrote this book because I was angry. Uh, I have have lost a lot of friends in the last 15 years in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, I've seen the U.S. blow trillions of dollars in places that don't care, just money down the drain. And we've seen our national honor tarnished. Meanwhile, we don't achieve anything on the ground. You know, the, the situations on those ground, on the ground in Afghanistan, Iraq, wherever we go, do not materially improve. And I'm tired of this. And we're losing against low-level enemies. So when you ask people in Washington the, about the future of war, most of the time what they say, it looks like World War II with better technology. And all we need to do is invest in better tech and we can beat any enemy that we confront. The U.S. lost in Vietnam struggled in Iraq and Afghanistan against Luddites, against technological primitives. So mercenaries are the second oldest profession. They've been around forever. Yet we've, we don't know that because we grew up in an era where there are no mercenaries anywhere. Uh, but this, is, this only happened in 1850 when mercenaries were kind of underground. Now they're resurrecting and they're not going to go away. And so we're seeing mercenaries in Nigeria, in Yemen, uh, Iraq, Uh, Syria, Ukraine, anybody who's rich enough to hire mercenaries can fight a war now for any reason they want. If you cannot, if policymakers cannot articulate what victory looks like, then you cannot build a strategy to achieve it. And that's what policymakers have been doing for 25 years now. Saying, go off to Bosnia, go off to Iraq, go off to Afghanistan, and just do good. And then the military gets chewed up and Bad things happen, and then we're frustrated. We're all frustrated. We need a grand strategy that defines clearly what victory and defeat look like, as we did in the Cold War. We need a new grand strategy for the 21st century. I believe the new rules of war creates the bedrock for such a strategy.